0: The fear of getting rejected doesn't hurt as much to me. Like, I've already been rejected so many times, way more than I can count. And I would rather be rejected and try than have never, than never try at all. Welcome to the Big Kid Problems podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human being behind Big Kid Problems, Sarah Merrill. Now, I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about entering the adult world, and as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have Big Kid Problems. So each week, we will take a funny yet informative look at a specific Big Kid Problem, break it down with our roundtable panel, then have on an expert to help us solve our problem of the week. From love and relationships, career, money, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So, thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to the final episode of the Big Kid Problems podcast for the year. I will be taking a brief hiatus over the holidays, but don't worry. We still have one episode left in season two. It's going to help us all kick off 2020 on the right foot. And that will be airing the beginning of January. So we're not done yet. I just want to take a moment before we even get started into this episode to thank each and every single one of you for listening to the podcast this year. This show was honestly my number one goal of 2019 Um, around This time last year, I sat down and I mean, I always do the serious like goal setting every year, but creating this podcast was number one on my list. And at one point, this seemed like an impossible task. I mean, it started by me just scribbling down in a notebook the format I wanted for the show, then figuring out the episode topics I wanted to do, the guests I wanted to have, the equipment I needed to buy. And after all of that, here we are, 31 episodes later. I mean, for those of you who have been listening for a while, you guys are my OGs. Thank you so much for tuning in, for telling your friends, for leaving reviews. I mean, we honestly wouldn't be in season two without you guys tuning into a brand new show and giving it a chance. So, seriously, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And to my new people who are here, welcome. I am so happy to have you. And even though I will be off the air for a few weeks, you still have lots of fun episodes to catch up on. Man, when I look back on this year, we have covered so much. We've talked about money, career, getting in control of your finances, mental health, reproductive health, body image, managing anxiety and stress. We've talked about love and relationships, hooking up, single life, sex, milestones like moving in together, or when I got engaged and had my fiancé on to tell the story. I mean, I will always cherish that episode personally. I mean, we've talked about making friends as an adult, drugs, ghosts. We've covered so much and we've already been through so much together this first year of the podcast, and I cannot wait to see where it goes in 2020. So for this final episode of the year, someone gave me the idea of doing a like Dear Big kid Problems episode. And so I put it out there on social media and many of you wrote in, a lot of you wrote in questions asking for advice, many of you asked questions about me specifically, and a good number of you wrote in asking to see pictures of my boobs. So thanks for that. Um, But I thought it would be pretty entertaining to just like rapid fire through all of your entries. So stay tuned and we will be right back. It is officially cozy season, and there is honestly nothing better than changing into those jammies, wrapping yourself up in a big blanket, and sipping on a warm, delicious cup of Four Sigmatic. Right now, I am big into the hot cocoa with reishi mushrooms. It has become part of my nightly routine. It's like the grown-up version of hot chocolate. First off, it has way less sugar than your typical hot cocoa, and it has this little cinnamon in it that gives it this like flavorful kick. But most importantly, it is made with reishi mushrooms that have been known to enhance the immune system, reduce stress, improve sleep, and lessen fatigue. All of Four Sigmatic beverages are made from functional mushrooms that have all kinds of health benefits and all boost immunity, which is especially important this time of year. Ain't nobody got time to get sick during the holidays. You can choose between their delicious teas, coffees, hot chocolates, and elixirs, All of them mix with hot water, so they are super easy to make and can come with you if you're traveling this season. I literally keep mushroom coffee with lion's mane in my bag at all times, just in case of emergencies. If you want to try Four Sigmatic, I have a special offer just for our Big Kid listeners. Just go to foursigmatic.com slash bigkid or use discount code bigkid at checkout for 15% off your order. That's foursigmatic.com slash bigkid or use discount code bigkid at checkout. It's the time of year when everyone is traveling or running around getting gifts for everybody else, but it is actually a great time to treat yourself and give yourself the gift of an Audible membership. You can access an unbeatable selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, and more. And it feels so good to crush your reading list all while you're commuting or at the gym or during your holiday travels. You can choose three titles every month, one audiobook, and two exclusive Audible originals you can't hear anywhere else. And right now, for a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for just $6.95 a month. That's more than half off the regular price, and you know I love a good bargain around here. So give yourself the gift of listening this season. Just go to audible.com slash BKP or text BKP to 500-500. And hey, I mean, we've had a few authors on this podcast. You can start with some of their books, like Stress Less and Accomplish More by Emily Fletcher. Check out Audible's full selection and let me know what you pick. I'm always looking for new book recommendations. So visit audible.com slash BKP or just text. BKP to 500-500. Oh God, I am looking at some of your questions now. I was hoping to get more softballs. There's not a lot in here um, that are going to be easy to answer, but let's just, let's kick this bad boy off. All right. First question is, how tall are you? <laughs> I am five, six and a half on a good day. When is your wedding date? My wedding date is July 18th, 2020. So we're about, what, seven months away? And I don't have anything planned yet. Fun fact. Um, Let's see. What beginner podcast equipment would you recommend? Asks Aunt Hannah a whore. Sorry, I probably said that wrong. Beginner podcast equipment. Honestly, the only real equipment that I have is a good microphone. And I have the Yeti Blue mic. If I literally Googled like best podcast microphone into Google, and that's what it told me. Um, they're on Amazon. It's like $150 for a microphone. Um, so if you're trying to start a podcast, that's, that's, the equipment you need. And also a good platform is Anchor. Uh, if you haven't heard of Anchor, that has a lot of tools for you to help you edit and upload a podcast and start making money on it pretty quickly. Next question. Would you move to another country and which one? Um, and that question is from Lulu Pitty. Uh Yes, I have actually, that's like one of my life goals. And I don't know if it's actually going to happen for me, but I've always wanted to live in another country. Um, which one? I mean, I would live in a lot of them. Like part of me wants to like live in Bali or some part of like Vietnam or Thailand. I love Southeast Asia or Italy. I. Freaking love Italy and anybody. Okay, okay, we're on about to be on holiday break. If you haven't seen the movie Under the Tuscan Sun, like add that to your list and tell me you don't want to just pack up everything and move to Tuscany. But yeah, I've always, I've actually always wanted to do that, and it wasn't until I got a dog that I was like, oh shit, I may have missed my window. Someone asks, oh X O T K. I won't actually read all of your... I won't read everybody's handles because I don't know who wants to be anonymous or not. But <laughs> XO says, best way to prepare for a job interview or get confidence for it. Ooh, I have some good answers for this. Okay. So first and foremost, to prepare for a job interview. And I, I've, I've mentioned this on stories before and I, I like to do this for interviews or any like important thing that I'm nervous before. I turn on like... Beyonce or Cardi B or some other like song that gets me hyped up and I freaking dance. I know that sounds ridiculous and it sounds probably really stupid and lame. And if anybody were to see me do this, I would be so embarrassed. But if you're you gotta get alone, that's like step one. Like lock yourself in your room, bump that shit and dance because it really does like change your state and mix that like gets rid of some of that um, you know, energy, some of that nervous energy that you might have. So before I leave my house for an interview or anything that I'm nervous about, I try to do that to kind of uh get out of my my own head. There's actually a really good TED Talk on that too. We've talked about this TED Talk on a couple of different episodes, but um it's one of my it's actually my all-time favorite TED talk. It's by Amy Cuddy and it is about um your body language and how it like affects your brain. So she talks about like doing power poses and and things like that. And that's kind of similar with this whole dancing thing. It's just to like if you hold a power pose for a certain amount of minutes, like it actually builds up chemicals in your brain that will make you more confident. So that's a big one. I can link it in our show notes. I've also like blogged about that TED Talk. I freaking love it. It's a big one. Uh, Another big thing, though, I will say about preparing for a job interview, you should do your research like actually sit down and do your research on the company. If they've been in the news recently, like if they have any like big things going on, even when I was in sales and I would have to go to meetings at companies, like I know whenever I would, you know, say something about the company, oh, I just saw that article and blah, blah, blah. They, I could always see in the person's face, like a little bit of like a, a little bit of like a spark of like, oh, you actually like care. And know you know about our company, so I think that's a good thing to do. Um, especially if you're applying at like a startup or um, a company that has a product, like try the product. You know, if you're going in for an interview at Blue Apron, like do a blue like order a Blue Apron kit, so you have that like actual experience of interacting with the product. So I think that's a big one too. Okay, next question. Um, somebody said, are you ever going to do a meet and greet in California? Uh, I wish actually for anybody listening. So, um, I mentioned earlier in this podcast that my, big goal for 2019 was to start this podcast. Well, my big goal for 2020 is I would love to do or at least start or figure out how to do like a tour of some sort or do some live shows of some sort. So, putting it out there to you guys, if you know how to do that or um, you know, have any have any info for me, DM me. Let me know. I would love to do some meet and greets. Um, somebody else just said, Greenhouse says, I'm 26, laid off twice. Last time in September, I can't seem to find a footing anywhere. Greenhouse, dude. Okay. I guess what I would say to you is that's okay. You're not the only... It probably feels to you like you're so lost and that like you might be feeling like a failure that you've been laid off twice. And let me just tell you right now, like you that is so common and so normal. I've been laid off in my early 20s. It happens, especially as you're like figuring out what you want to do. That's that's what nobody tells you is like you might think that in your, you at this at this point you're like in your mid 20s, you're supposed to have it all figured out. It's okay if you don't. If you've been laid off, I mean, take that as a learning lesson. That's what I did when I got when I got laid off. You have to take kind of like a hard look and say, "Okay, like why did I Why was I cut from this company? And be honest with yourself. You know, if you weren't really putting in your best work, like think about why. (laughs) If you were late constantly, think about like why. Maybe you don't want to be there. Maybe your heart's not into this job career. Maybe it's time for a change. So, this is a learning opportunity to be laid off twice. Take stock. You know, that's my advice to you: is just, just take stock, see what's working for you, see what's not, and if it's things that you—if maybe you love your job and you've just like had a couple fuck ups, like that's okay. But you have to take ownership and like learn from your mistakes, or you're just destined to repeat the past. But don't be don't don't be scared if you are not sure of where you need to be, or you think maybe you're in the wrong career. I. Changed careers twice in my twenties, and now I tell jokes on the internet and have a podcast like I never thought that that would be my job, so you never know what the future holds, but just keep your head up, dude and keep like keep thinking of what it is that you like and don't like and and try different things. That's what your twenties are for okay that was a long <laughs> that was a long one, sorry, guys, let's see. I got this question. Hey, Sarah, huge fan of the pod for your Ask Anything episode. I was hoping you could talk about transitioning from dating in the same city to going long distance. I'm going to be put in a similar situation in the next year. Our relationship is amazing now, but I don't have any experience with long distance. Thanks for reading. Okay. So I have a lot of experience in the long distance department. Um, my current fiance and I, we were basically long distance for the Bulk of our relationship. We, he had a lot, his work was based in California. I lived in New York. We were across country all the time. It's doable. We were like full on long distance, like living in different cities for about a year and a half. Um, And I would say to go in it with the right attitude, first of all, you guys have to be on the same page. So if you're going to stay, you know, Monogamous, or if you want to have an open relationship, those are conversations you have to have. Make sure that you both are interested in a future together. Because if you're not, like, don't do this yourself. Like, don't spend a year apart if you're not sure this is somebody you really, really want to be with. I would say some other things that are going to get you through is make sure you have like a good support system around you. Like, I actually really didn't mind the long distance so much because. I always kind of knew like me and my now fiance were going to end up together. So I kind of looked at it as like a couple years or, you know, a year that I could like really spend with my girlfriends and have a lot of fun. So, you know, it can be lonely if you're, if your significant other is across the country from you. So make sure that like you're spending time with your friends, make sure you have dates with your friends, like make dates to go to a movie, Go to dinner, uh, go to drinks, like whatever it is. Like keep your schedule packed, or not packed, but you know, make sure you have things on your calendar so you're not just sitting around like being sad that your significant other is far away. Um, also, plan trips. Um, that was something that really helped us in our relationship. Is it was we both lived on opposite sides of the country, so it was really. To get to each other. So we would plan, you know, like easier trips that both of us could get to. And like those were always, those are some of the highlights of our relationship, really, is because it was always so fun when we could go away together and like experience a new place. So know that it's doable. It's totally doable. And just be like open and honest and communicative with your partner or shit will build up. Oh, one other thing I will say about this is learn yourself, like know what at what point you start to hit your crazy point. But by how long you've been apart from each other, like for me, it was like by week three or four, I started to get antsy. So we would always try to plan something around that like month mark that we hadn't seen each other. So that's just another piece of advice from yours truly. Is it normal to be a 30 something and not have wonderlust? Dude, totally. (laughs) I had a lot of wonderlust in my 20s. And I definitely, I mean, I'm I'm in my, I'm 31 now and I already feel my wanderlust slowing down. Like I like to just be home. I like to be where my things are. So I think that's normal. And especially like in you're getting older, you probably have some like other goals that are really important to you, like saving up for things. Like for me, I'm like, I'm saving up for a wedding. So, you know, some of those wanderlust trips that I would, you know, around this time every year I would like always love to go on a new year's trip and I'm kind of like eh I'm okay not doing that because I have some other things that I'm saving up for so yes it's normal to be 30 something and not have Wonderlust. Christy asks, not a question, but please bring Stefan LeBossier for more. Loved that podcast. Dude, I loved that podcast too. Um, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, that was on this season. It was our dating fatigue episode. He was our expert. A lot of people, I did actually get some hate on that episode because a lot of people didn't like what Stefan was saying, but um, I thought he was great and I thought he gave some like really real advice. And that's why it, triggered a lot of people but that was a really good episode and I would love to have him back on if he'll come on <laughs> um Yelmo asks were you a mean girl in high school I don't think so probably depends on who you ask no I I really wasn't um I I mean I was like I I was like a cheerleader in high school but I was pretty chill and I actually like was a little bit of a rebellious child like I just I didn't want to be there. I skipped class a lot. So (laughs) I wasn't, I really wasn't like interested in being mean to anybody. I just wanted to get the fuck out of there. Uh, Next question. Okay. So I keep, I keep scrolling past this question. I've gotten it maybe 30 times. Why did you move to Nashville or what prompted the move? Um, Why Nashville? So many of you asked that, which like, Thanks for caring. Real quick. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I moved to Nashville. I'll give you guys the shortened version. Uh, Basically, um, my fiance and I, we, we met in New York. I lived in New York for eight years. And then, you know, he had to be in LA for work. We did the long distance thing. I moved to LA to be with him. And we did that for about a year and a half. To be honest, like I... Did not like LA. I actually like kind of fucking hated it. Um, it was a really hard place to live. Uh, it was challenging in a lot of ways. We lived really far from everybody. We had like no sense of community. Uh, you know. Oh, you were also like bleeding money there. It's a very expensive place to live. Coming from New York City, like I thought New York would be a lot more expensive, but California just drained us in so many other ways. Like not only do you have an expensive apartment, you also have to like pay for a car. I mean, like Ubers to get anywhere because it's so spread out. It's just like it all adds up. So, you know, I didn't I didn't really like it there. You know, we had always talked about eventually moving to Nashville. My fiance actually has a house, had a house in Nashville before we just moved here that he Airbnb'd. So we had kind of, you know, always thrown around the idea of having Nashville be our home base because I'm really more East Coast and he's really more West Coast based. So it was kind of like a good meeting way point. And really randomly a couple of months ago, we were like in Nashville and we were just driving around. We were kind of going through some new some new um neighborhoods he was kind of showing me you know like if we ever wanted to buy a house where we would look and we just happened to find this amazing house in this up and coming neighborhood. And, you know, we we saw that the developer was listed. So we didn't actually go through a real estate person like broker. We just called the developer. He was like put in an offer. We put in an offer less than what he was asking for, like not really thinking that he would take it. And he took it. So we're like, wait, did we just buy a house? Um so we bought a house. And I have to say it, it is kind of a weird, it's kind of an interesting um and hard to understand concept. Like you should hear me try to explain this to my parents, but the house we bought, we're actually going to turn into an Airbnb property. So we won't be living in Nashville full-time. We actually we actually still have, we still kept his apartment in New York and he's gonna have to get another apartment in LA for work. So we're gonna be bouncing around between the three, uh, which is kind of nuts. And if anybody listened to the Spirit Guide episode this season, the medium that I had on, she like did a reading for me at the end. And she told me that she's like, You're going to be bouncing around a lot. And this was before this all happened. And I was like, Huh, that sounds weird. And it came true. So that's why Nashville. But I have to say, I freaking love it here. It is so awesome. I've, in the three weeks that I've been in Nashville, I feel more at home in Nashville than I did a year and a half in LA. So there's that. little confession. I am an absolute psycho about my skincare products, and I'm pretty good about eating organic healthy foods, but it wasn't until recently that I actually started thinking about the ingredients in my tampons and feminine care products. A lot of products use dyes, synthetic ingredients, and fragrances, and that's why I'm so glad that a friend of mine turned me on to Lola. Lola offers pads, liners, and tampons made from 100% organic cotton. They even have a super flexible subscription model where you can customize your box with a mix of products and have it delivered right to your door. Right now, they even have $5 trial sets, so you can test on an assortment of products for only $5. That's less than my Starbucks order. I really, really love the convenience of this. And another reason why I freaking love Lola, the company genuinely advocates for women. With every purchase, they donate feminine care products to homeless shelters across the U.S., which is so awesome, And if you want to try Lola, I've got a special deal just for our listeners. You can get 30% off your $5 trial set today. Just head to mylola.com and enter BKP. Again, that's mylola.com and enter BKP to redeem your offer. Somebody said, I am 22 and want to buy a house. How the frick do I save 60K plus for a deposit? Um, Okay, B Mills. First of all, good on you for wanting to buy a house at 22. Like at 22, I was just trying to order guacamole at Chipotle. Like that was my... That's what I was like building up towards. A couple things here. Uh If if you're a first-time homeowner, I don't actually think... Depending on the house you want, if you're trying to buy like a mansion... Um, Then you would need 60k plus, but for first time homeowners, you'd actually be surprised. You'll have to put down a lower percentage. So you might not even need 60k. Uh, whoa. Look at me fucking knowing my real estate shit. Not really, but saving up for it. I would say for a big purchase like that, you need to really, really live below your means. Like if you're making 70 a year, like you should be living off of like 50 grand a year um, and saving big, big chunks of your income for a big purchase like that. And I'm going to get into more of saving stuff. I actually have... I promised you guys on my last solo episode, I swore the next one would be about saving because I am a crazy little saver. So that's coming up. That's going to be in season three. That's going to be my solo episode for season three. And I promise I will give you way more detailed information on how to save across the board. So here's another finance question. How do you and your fiance split expenses? Um, So that's a good question. When we first moved in together, we pretty much split everything 50-50 in terms of like our hard expenses, you know, like rent, our car, um, utilities, things like that. We split down the middle. And then um, my fiance makes better money than I do because I work for myself and write memes on the internet for a living. So as you can imagine, that's not like super lucrative. So he he would pick up more like of our frivolous expenses, you know, like dinners or seamless bills. Like he would pay more of that. But our harder finances, we kind of split 50-50 if that helps. Somebody asked, (laughs) what do your parents do? Are they still together? uh no they are not but they are friends they are actually they had a pretty pretty amicable divorce and they still like hang out on the reg which is cute okay next question somebody asked how do you know when is the right time to move in with a bf and for that question um i think everybody's different and we did a whole episode on moving in together in this season. So definitely encourage you to check that episode out. But I, my personal um, opinion on this is to, when you know, like you guys, if you guys are dedicated to like actually building a life together and like you see a future, like I would never have moved in with my uh, boyfriend at the time, uh, if I didn't think that we were going to get married for a lot of reasons. Um, I've seen this happen to my friends where, you know, they had a really great relationship and they, they wanted those things, but, um, you know, didn't date that long or didn't really kind of flush it out beforehand. And then it's a disaster once you move in with somebody. And if you have to move out, it's like the worst. Um, especially depending on the city you live in, I have a lot of friends in New York who were just like stuck, like, living an extra month or two with their then ex-boyfriend and it was like traumatic so i would just be really really sure that you guys are on the same page that you both are wanting to build a future together and take it to the next level that would be my biggest advice um but definitely listen to the moving in together episode because i had a a relationship therapist on there who gave um, some more specifics on that Uh, Okay. A dude's question on here. Uh, I won't read his name, but he asks, how does a woman increase her sex drive? Um, So that's a great question. I think my answer on this would be, I think a woman has to really feel desired. Um, And we've had some sex experts on this on on the show before who have said the same thing. So I think you really have to like, guys don't realize like it takes a lot, a little bit more than just like showing up and like touching her boobs to like get her in the mood, you know, make sure you're complimenting her, like make sure you tell her how like sexy and hot she is, like actually put in a little bit more effort, like, you know, a couple, a couple extra minutes, maybe like even starting in the morning by like giving your compliments, being sweet, doing physical touch, stuff like that. But also, um, another thing is, is like, sex begets sex uh so if you start having more sex the more her sex drive will increase you know what i mean so if you are right now not having a ton of sex her i i i think this and i've actually talked to my other female friends like something like turns off in us like if we go like a, a long time we just kind of like i think guys like are always down and girls we kind of um that part that part can kind of like shut down or like decrease a lot. So you need to just like, if you want her to increase her sex drive, start boning more. <laughs> I should be a doctor, you guys. Uh, somebody asked, are you in therapy? If so, how did you find one? Decide you like them, etc. Um, so I am not in therapy really anymore I have a therapist who I can call when I am like having a mental breakdown um I have been in therapy and I actually like this question because this this was a, a big challenge and and unfortunately so I think this is can kind of be a hard part for somebody like finding help or getting help is actually finding a therapist it's it's harder than you would think like I remember when I first thought okay I need to I need to get a therapist like I went into zocdoc and tried to find that um, you know was covered by my insurance and then I would have to call that office and like you know and then you know a lot of a lot of these still had like pretty high co-pays and it was just like a lot like calling around and then you didn't really want to like go to a therapist. Like that's a lot of work to go to a therapist just to realize that you don't really get along with them. Um, so I'd say the best way to find one is through referrals. Like I actually, the one that I ended up getting was um, a friend of mine had been seeing her and like really, really was raving about her and really loved her. So that's how I found mine. Another good option, I've talked about them before, but BetterHelp help. That's a little bit cheaper. So if you're looking to get into therapy, it's an online resource. They have licensed therapists right there. This is not sponsored. I'm just... I'm telling you guys. And what's cool about BetterHelp is like, let's say you get paired with a therapist and you're like not really vibing with them. You can just request a new therapist um, and it's like all the same. So that's that's a kind of a, a good way to get around that. But I will say also that there is something to like in-person therapy and that's been helpful for me. All right. Somebody asked what surprised you most about podcasting? Honestly, it was a lot harder than I thought. I think we all listen to podcasts and it like kind of sounds easy, you know? Like, oh, you're just talking into a microphone. Like that sounds fun and interesting. Um, this was putting these seasons together was way more work than I ever anticipated. Um, And that's partly because of the format that I have. You know, I have several guests on every episode and I did this to myself. Um, But I would say that it just getting even just one episode done, you know, in terms of booking the guests, You know, writing the intro, outro, doing the recordings, going through production, putting together promotional materials to like actually tell people about the episode—all of that amounted to a lot more work than I thought. To be honest, another question. This is a good one. Dealing with heartbreak. This is a topic I'm actually i I have it on the docket for season three because it needs it's. Its own episode. This is such a big one, but um, I've been through some serious heartbreak. And what I will say is, the best piece of advice I got when I had my heart broken was to just feel it all. Like honestly, feel it all. Don't try and don't try and push it away. Don't try to like. Work it out, you know, like by going to workout classes seven days a week, don't try to eat it away, don't try to shop it away. like feel it, like be sad, you know, like for me, that was going on Spotify and like literally playing the saddest songs I could find um in bed, crying, journaling, like do that, get it out of your system. It, it's not a forever thing. take it day, day by day, slowly but surely, uh, I remember with my heartbreak, like During what I call like ground zero, like when it first happens, you know, I could not stop thinking about it. I was thinking about it twenty four seven. Um, you know, it consumed all my thoughts. And like after a month, I'm like, oh, I'm only really thinking about this like once every hour you know that's a win and then another month went by and i'm like oh i've actually gone a couple of days where i didn't think about it that's great and and so on from there and then eventually you get to a point where you're like wow uh, i forgot that guy existed so <laughs> that is that's my that's my um advice for that and i promise you we're going to have a whole episode on that one because it is it's there's a lot there's a lot heartbreak is one of the hardest things i think we all go through <laughs> Oh, this is a good one. Somebody asked, what was the last fight you and your fiance had? Um, This is great because the last episode we had on the podcast was all about relationship fights. Um, We actually don't really fight that much. We sometimes bicker, but we don't really have like throw down fights. We're both, I mean, I talked about it on that podcast, but we're both like pretty... Li- we're pretty mellow and it takes a lot to get us pissed. So we don't really fight that much. But I guess the last one we did have was actually... It was actually yesterday. Oh my God, this was yesterday. Uh We were both going to yoga and he always does this like I... He's much more. He's much more like of a neat freak than I am. So I put things down, and I know where I put them down. And he likes to like move them. <laughs> you know, like he always is always moving my shit, and I can never find any of my shit because he moves it. So we were like running late to yoga, and I'm like, "Where's my yoga mat?" He's like, "I don't know." I'm like, "Well, I put it here. You obviously moved it." Whereas he couldn't find it. I'm like, "Great, we're gonna be late for this class. Let's just go." I'll. I'll get one there. And I was like huffing and puffing. I was really annoyed. And then like halfway on the drive to the yoga studio, I was like, fuck, I think I might've just left it there. And sure enough, we walked in and I asked them and they're like, oh yeah, here it is. And they gave me my yoga mat. And, um, I don't think he's ever going to let me live this down. Like he, he was like literally grinning ear to ear the entire class. (laughs) It's very rare. It's very rare that, uh, I have to admit that I was wrong. So, um, that sucked and that was our most recent one somebody asked if your home was on fire and you could only grab one thing what would it be and why well i'm assuming this is after i grab my my fiance and dog um those things don't count uh i actually have so i have one of my my most prized possession well now my engagement ring is like my most prized possession but before that and actually still this is um I actually saved my one-way ticket when I was 22 and after graduating college and I moved to New York City, I bought a one-way ticket there and I saved that one-way ticket and I framed it. So that is like one of my most prized possessions and I would probably grab that before running out of the house. Somebody asked, what's your current biggest big kid problem? Wedding planning, 1000%. Um, I am straight up not having a good time. And wedding planning the struggle is real that is my current one and i'll probably spoiler alert have some episodes on that season 3 what's your biggest fear oof that's a loaded question um honestly my biggest fear is waking up one day and not feeling like i lived up to my potential whoa that just got deep but honestly that's that's probably it uh yeah, I think I feel, you know, I think we all have gifts and things we're supposed to do in life. And I'm just scared, you know, that would be my biggest fear is to like not feel like I lived up to all the things I could have done. Whoa, here's a good question. What's the most embarrassing thing you've ever done on a date? Oh man, I have a clear winner for this one. It was get getting too drunk. Um, I once went on this date and it was like, Pretty close to my house, and I was just like having a day. And I think this was like a dude that I met on a dating app, and I just like didn't really care that much. And we went, we went to this bar, and I just proceeded to get shit faced. And. I I never did this. I had never done this before and I've never done it since, but it was honestly really embarrassing. Like I was sitting there and around my like fifth craft cocktail, I went to the bathroom and I was fucking spinning. And I was like, I remember having to walk back to the table and I was like wobbling, walking back. Things kind of go dark. At a certain point, and I slightly remember him basically carrying me home, like one arm slumped over, like walking me back to my apartment. And then I woke up. I woke up the next morning with all my lights on, like all my clothes on, makeup on, and just like a text message, like, hope you're okay, like from Jeff or whatever his fucking name was. But that was obviously the most embarrassing thing. And I do not recommend doing that ever two drinks max unless you've been dating and and want to get frisky then you can have extra drinks um okay final question let's let's wrap this bad boy up um there's a good one somebody asked what's been your biggest regret so far and that might seem like a harsh question to to leave off on but we can turn this around i would say my biggest regret was probably in my earlier 20s like just doubting myself um you know there's like a couple jobs i didn't go out for a couple things i could have i should have put myself out there for more like i think of you know i always wanted to like when i was a kid i always had this dream of working at cosmo like and i never even applied for a job you know you know what i mean like I think we are we sometimes get so scared of being rejected or that we're not good enough that we don't even try and that's something that I've realized as I've gotten older it just like the fear of getting rejected doesn't hurt as much to me like I've already been rejected so many times way more than I can count and I would rather be rejected and try then have never, then never try at all. Like that's, that kind of goes back to the biggest fear thing. Like those are the only regrets I have. Honestly, it's not any of the things that I've done. It's the things that I haven't done. So I would say this is a good place to live off. And that's my hope for you for, for 2020 is just to fucking get out there and try, you know, do your best. And if you fail, like, so what, dude, at least you gave it a shot. And like, that's awesome. All right. So I hope some of that was helpful. If you have any other questions for me or really any suggestions or topics you want covered in season three, please share. I want this podcast to be relatable and actually help you with some of the big kid problems you're currently facing. So please reach out to me, DM me, I'm Big Kid Problems on social media, or you can follow me on my personal at Sarah A. Merrill underscore. Since I won't be on air until 2020, I want to wish you all happy holidays and a happy new year. I know this time of year can be hard on some of you out there. So here's a reminder to take care of yourselves. We all stress out on buying gifts for everyone in our lives. So remember to treat yourself, whether that's stepping away from your family to get a mani-pedi or to go work out or see friends or take a bubble bath. Do you... This is also a great time to take stock of your 2019 and feel gratitude for the good things that have happened. I mean, really think about your favorite moments from this year. Maybe you went on a trip. Maybe you accomplished a big goal. Maybe you did a nice thing for somebody else. Like, I don't know, like left their podcast a nice review or something. Feel good about that. You know, 2020 is a brand new year, a brand new decade, really. And it is a whole new opportunity to bring great things into your life. So before you bring in that new year, feel gratitude and happiness for how far you've come so far. To quote the goddess that is Kris Jenner, you're doing amazing, sweetie. If you want to kick your new year off with lots of laughs, Please check out the Big Kid Problems 2020 day calendar, which is currently at Barnes and Nobles and on Amazon. I'm super proud of it. It is a culmination of my favorite Big Kid Problems for over the last eight years. And it also has a mix of some brand new exclusive content. So it is super funny and a great way to bring in 2020. I'll have that linked in show notes if you want one. And finally before we go, I want to give a big, big shout out to all our guests over the last year. My amazing production team, Crate Media, for making these episodes sound decent. And again, to all of you for listening. I know there are a ton of ways you can spend your time and literally thousands of podcasts out there. So just know that I sincerely appreciate you spending your time with me. Thank you. And I will see you next year.